It's the True Penny Show with your host James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name's James True Penny. This is my show, and I'm going to do that again because it suddenly went back to zero halfway through doing the introduction. So that's not good. Oh, you're being recorded. It says let everyone know we're being recorded. Okay, right. Let's try this again. Hello and welcome to the Troopany Show. My name is James Troopany. This is my show. And today, well, as inspired by last week's events, when myself and Mr. Marcus Green of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, were looking at um, the JTO website to try and figure out where you could view G- JTO shows from, because them in Arbor Sisters, they'd put in a bit of a banger uh, on the uh, Glate show uh, from uh, day before New Year's Eve version seven, if you will. And me and Marcus were trying to figure out where we could stream some J2O from. They have put their Christmas specials on their YouTube channel, as we discussed. And I would have thought, what a fine opportunity to to talk to my good friend, Mr. John Dinsdale, a man who does appreciate an indie wrestling company um, of any stripe. And he was available. So John Dinsdale, welcome back to the Troopany Show. Thank you very much. It feels like it's been a while, doesn't it? It does. Between work and construction, I can't get on the show very <laughs> Have they been um, building a new estate around your house? No, it's renovations on where I actually live. Oh, okay then. Fair enough. That's reasonable. <laughs> Don't want it falling down on you. Um, so, JTO then is just Tap Out Wrestling. It was founded by Takamichi Noko a few years back. It came out of the... <sighs> Let's say predictable news that a wrestling veteran had had an affair. The affair had lasted for eight years and produced a child. And even for New Japan Pro Wrestling, that was considered a bit much. So he was released from them and from Kaintai Dojo, where he was the founding president of the company. And the board of Kaintai Dojo said no. And he was also suspended for a year uh, on zero pay. And after that, he was like, well, I'm going to have to start again, aren't I? And he started Just Tap Out Wrestling, which was based around his hype man character for Zack Sabre Jr. Um, and uh, was interestingly part of the storyline when he came back to Suzuki Goon a few years ago. was like, well, you've been mucking around with JTO. And it's like, well, yeah, that's because he's been a jerk and he had to start all over again and lost face, which is a terrible thing to happen to a Japanese person. And quite rightly for the things he's done now, we absolutely do not condone having relationships with people who are not your life partner, obviously. Um, however, this company has come out of it and produced some incredibly good wrestlers, so it was worth taking a look at that, if nothing else. So what do you know of J2O, John, from what you have seen over the last couple of years of its development? So J2O, J2O is a company I've like checked in on at random times because it's part of like YouTube wrestling sphere, and since I used to watch like Gato Move and Chaka Pro, it would sometimes come up in the suggestions, and I'd watch the odd show from it because it's like okay these are like easily digestible hour and a half shows or the odd match and you just see some really like interesting wrestlers coming out of it and a lot of people with a lot of varied skill sets varied is a good way to put it i like that because obviously this is a company that specializes in rookies doesn't it really well it's you're learning from Takamichi Noku, one of the sort of most varied wrestlers out there. So it's quite <laughs> funny that like the rookies he'd teach would take on the same qualities. No matter what size they are. 
Um, yeah, for sure. And it, it's also interesting because it's a mixed promotion, which is not the Japanese way. Usually you have Joshi promotions and you have uh, Parasu promotions and never the twain shall meet. But obviously, as of late, and remarkably, Noah are leading the way on this. The most manly man, 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 man company of all has a pretty good women's division that's growing and developing as we speak. They're actually pouring money into it. Uh, but this J JTO was kind of like ahead of the game in, in one sense. And it's something Glates married as well. Um, and obviously, we've seen an awful lot of JTO talent on Glate shows, um, um, specifically the Inaba sisters. Um, I, I think we've seen Yanagawa, but Fire Katsumi, who's a member of, um, there was somewhat reluctant member of Yan's family. Um, but yeah, so it was interesting to see them in their home uh, venues, as it were. And we're going to start at Shinkaba, Shinkiba First Rink, which is legendary venue of uh, Naya with for for indie wrestling in Japan. All of the companies work there, even the, some of the big ones. Stardom still do shows there, even though they kind of outgrow the place. It's right it's on the line. Arguably my favorite wrestling venue in Japan, purely yeah. because of all the freedoms and BJW shows I've watched take place there. It, Many an American and Australian wrestler has slept on the office floor at Shinkiba First Ring. It's right. It's on the last stop before Kawasaki on the bullet train, um, so everyone can get to it. And it's out of the way. It's cheap to run, and they only run wrestling there. That's this entire like existence runs around wrestling. It's a theater set up for TV and video for wrestling. So if you, it's the ideal place. Doesn't have big crowds. I think the well, this place had 97 in attendance, but I think it's like 150 maxed out. But that's not the point. If you want to run a TV show, which a lot of wrestling companies do, because you know you can get paid for DVDs and stuff, following the FMW model, um, it's just a wonderful place to go because it's just it's clean. You know, it's, yeah, it's you all nearly you nearly always see it from Shinkiba First Ring or Shinjuku Face. They're like the yes. two big venues for like. We don't care about crowd size. We want production values. Yeah. Shinkiba First Ring is like, uh, it's, it's a nightclub. That's <laughs> really what it is. I'm guessing what its original like intention was a nightclub. The amount of, like, um, when Asuka, before Asuka was Asuka, she was Kana, and she ran so many shows. I've seen so many of her shows run from, Shinka, from um, Shinjuku Face. Um, she used to fill the place over and over again. Um, that's one of the conspiracy theories behind at the moment is that stardom was started to make sure Kana didn't work anywhere to put card and it's like I'm, I'm intrigued by this but it doesn't sound surprising to me but there you go anyway let's just move back to jto um this first card we're going to do was the jto mixed tag tournament from shinkiba first ring we're also going to look at the next day which is a fukuoka zanzipi hakata arena but let's start here. We have Gladio and Jeffrey Excellence, which is a wonderful name for a professional wrestler. Sounds like a cake company. <laughs> Jeffrey Excellence. And they went up against Ill Gravity, Kensuke, and Mr. Mask, who wears a mask. I love what? Mr. Mask. He's he had awesome. a mask on his mask, and he just looked amazing. <laughs> <coughs> Not so much when the wrestling started, but his entrance, 10 out of 10. Um, it's because he barely got to do anything. Most of this match was Kensuke getting beaten. Yeah, true. This was the, he didn't have an awful lot of a window of opportunity to sell his wares, if you will. Kensuke, on the other hand, did an awful lot of selling because um, Jeffrey Excellence and Gladio were, were after it. 
in the biggest way possible. Gladio, especially, kind of big lad, um, who is uh, in the post-match interview was gunning for Wren. Also speak perfect English, which would make me suggest they're uh, American or Australian visitors. Jeffrey Excellence, happy to be there. <laughs> As his tag team partner waded through the opposition like a man wading through something you wade through. Um, but yeah, this was a lot of, it was a good introduction to what, what the company is going to be about. It's going to be fun. There's going to be some cool stuff. And you get some post-match promos, which is nice. A pretty sick spear too from Gladio. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> kind of ran him through. It was, it was a bit stiff, this one, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, he's <laughs> at, Ren Ayabi was the man he's after, who is the uh, current GTO... GT2 uh, level winner. I, there's, a, there's some odd, I got to look it up because there's some odd, odd stuff. Wikipedia has a real good definition of their ranking system. Because there's, there's a different... lot of belts in play as well. There is, yes. And I like to explain it. So the, the JTO e wrestling, I mean, it's not e wrestling, it's JTO wrestling. JTO wrestling, where is it? Oh, where's the Wikipedia page? Ooh, I should have had this up before I started. Wikipedia. There we go. Professional wrestling, just tap out. That's the see they don't call it, just tap out. It's professional wrestling, just tap out. So there's the JTO ranking with the current king of JTO is Ryu Takura, who's on this card. Renny Abe is the second in line. And there's the king of JTO championship, the queen of JTO championship, the JTO openweight championship, the JTO girls championship, and the UWA World Light Heavyweight Championship are currently on offer, plus company, other companies' titles pop in and out as well, as we will see on the next card. So the current JTO ranking is Takakura, Renyabe, Akira Jumunji, Takamichinoku, Eagle Mask, Ibuki, Fayakatsumi, Genta Yubari, Mr. Mask, and Keita. And then there's the J2O J2 ranking, which is below that. Areta, Amasumi, Hari, Kinsuke, Kimo, Maxi, and the rest of the slots are vacant. And there's the GTO girls ranking, Tomoki Yonaba, she's the queen. Uh, AOI is second, Yuya Magata, Sumiki Yanagawa, Rhythm, Misikagora, Azusi Inaba, Hisoke, and they only have eight women on their roster, so that explains that. That makes sense. <laughs> but we also get some high-profile guests, as the next match will show. Yuji Yamagata tagged with Takamichi Noku against Team 200 Kilos, Chihiro Hashimoto, Big Hash, and Yu. Um, and it's not, it's not nice to see a living legend demolished, is it? It's not something you want to see on a daily basis, but this was a lot of fun on the way. A lot of this match was just everyone waiting for Takamichi Noku to get the shit knocked out of him. (laughs) (laughs) He was getting way too cocky against you. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was, yeah, it it, it was fun though. It was good. It was, yeah, 10 minutes and 6 seconds. Yumi Yagata is really good as well. I have to state that. You know, she's been around for quite some time. She's 47 and was trained by Takumi Jinoku and uh, Mariko Yoshida. So, you know, she has a good case of being one of the hardest people on planet Earth. Um, but she is kind of a veteran within the company and is obviously helping the youngsters come along. Um, and, you know, you've got two pros like Hashimoto and you come in and do Big show wrestling stuff. Big Ash doesn't miss, does she? And you is oh, awesome. Oh, God, no. This was like watching a demolition derby. 
at times because once like team 200 kilos get going it's just like yep you're getting bulldozed you're out <laughs> Ashimoto, um, was, Ashimoto was on a great show earlier this year and she was tagging with Miyahara from all Japan and uh oh Daisuke from uh big BJW and it's like arguably she's the strongest person on their team <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the funniest thing. It's like you with Miyahara and Daisuke, and you're still the hardest person in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> just, just starting to hurt like, people around her, like guys who were a foot tall. Like, oh, yeah, oh, sack of spuds, German suplexes. Good God, yes, she, she's, she's a wonderful person to watch wrestle. Just so much fun. Um, not for the person she's wrestling. The same with you as well. Um, uh, and interestingly, announced as you from Pro Wrestling Eve um, as her home promotion, even though she hasn't wrestled for them for about a year, which I found was really cool. But there you go. Um, yeah. What did you think of this one, John? Yeah, it was just really fun. Obviously, Taka knows how to run a match. Yu Yamagata is very, as you said, is a veteran of everything. And you've got a team as professional as Team 200 Kilos. It's just like, yeah, we're going to orchestrate an absolute shit kicking that was really fun. With Takamichi Noku sort of purposely pit, like positioning himself as the match's pinata. <laughs> <laughs> it is a kind of like master class in like get the most out of the minimum, which is Taka's career. <laughs> I'm not being funny and I, I, I'm not being mean because it's absolutely, you don't get like to have a 30 year career. How many long has he been doing this? He's 50, he's the same age as, well, he's a little bit older than me. He's had a 31 year career. And he's been there or thereabouts for 30, 30, 31 years. Remember, the earliest match we saw him on was at Kawasaki Baseball Stadium in a championship match in 1994, literally 30 years ago. And as a one-year pro defending, defending, let's put it out, defending the independent junior heavyweight championship. And maybe 95, I think, actually. But yeah, he was a two-year pro and he was like, one of the top champions on the indie scene in Japan and has stayed there and wrestled for New Japan, WWE, everybody. Our ECW, you know, he's literally done it all. And um, yeah, a perfect person to put in this particular match and got a win. Got his first win of, of his, of his uh, current New Japan run um, at New Year's Dash as well. There you go. Tacker on a purple patch. All right, we'll move on to the next match, uh, which was also a one-day mixed tag tournament match. It was Rayo Takakori and Tomoki Inaba going up against AOI and Reni Abe. 12 minutes and 19 seconds, the current reigning champions going up against, well, Takakori is the current king of uh, J2O, and uh, Tomoki Inaba is the current queen of J2O. So it was like a champions tag team going up against AOI, who is the former queen of J2O, and Reni Abe who is the current openweight champion. 12 minutes and 19 seconds. This was some big-ass wrestling from the top contenders and the current champions. AUI has been such a breath of fresh air in Glate, and you get to see, though she isn't a J2O per, JTO person to start with, you know, she's, her career's developed there, and she's obviously learned an awful lot, but you get to see in her home court how much she has an influence on a match. That's what stood out to me. Anaba is fantastic. I love her. But it was my first time seeing Iabe and Takikura. And it was incredible to see their presence as well. Iabe has been wrestling for ooh, three years now. And Takikura has been wrestling for 
four years, and that belies how much presence they have. Now, they are big fishes in small ponds, if you will, but they do have, they have got an awful lot of presence, and I like their style. Straight ahead, I think, is the best way of describing both of them in a different way. But Inaba and AUI are sublime professional wrestlers. I like both of them very much. What's your thoughts here, Marcus? Yeah, I'd have Marcus, you're one. John. I've, spoke, I've done that many shows with Marcus. I just called you Marcus. I do apologize. John, you could have completely gotten away with that. I didn't even hear it. Mm. I, was, I was already <laughs> prepared to go into my spiel about how great I is. I can't pronounce it. I heard it AOI. said so many times. AOI. AOI. Yes. AOI. It is literally how it's spelled. AOI. It's like I've I've had the pleasure of watching her a few times and obviously um she was sort of teaming with Anagi for a while, which only helped like boost her even further. And just yeah. She can really command a match despite usually being one of the smallest people in it. And then you've got yeah, it was just another sort of ridiculously fast car crash of a match straightforward is probably the best way to describe it because they were literally just beating the absolute hell out of each other <laughs> it often in quite flashy ways but the acoustics in shinkiba first ring are ridiculous like most of the chops and the slugs in these matches echoed everywhere <laughs> it was such as like oh you've just been blasted yeah it's, it's it was just like oh it's stiff it was just so much fun to watch, like two big name teams going up against each other. It was just really, really cool. Um, but yeah. Um, next was an interesting little three-way match. Not my personal forte, as you would know, for his three-way matches. But I, I, I was intrigued as to how they were going to present these young people. We had Sumikai Yanagawa going up with Rhythm against Hisoka A. Hisoka A won. Um, Yamagawa is 32 but has been wrestling for only for three years. Uh, then you've got uh, Rhythm, who's 22, who's been wrestling for two, four years, and Hisoka, who's Hisoka, who has been wrestling for a year. She's 18 years old. And wow, she has an awful lot of presence for an 18 years old and a lot of piercings. She was really funny in this one. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, she sort of keeping everything together whilst like everything was pretty hectic for this one but i just love the way she got the win she's just like oh you two are doing a fancy pin let me just borrow that a second and just pin both of them and was like yay i win <laughs> it's, <so funny. laughs> it's just sort of like oh what's that you've done all the hard work don't mind me <laughs> yeah that's basically it she just kind of sat on them <laughs> i like rhythm yeah. purely for the grounds like she doesn't appear to be like doing anything she wears a mask and she's called rhythm it's like um what was um still life in i can't remember the name of there's a wrestler who used to be named after a modern art wrestler and i can't modern still life with apricots and pears yes that's it still life with apricots and pears she's like that but slightly more refined <laughs> If you see what I yeah, mean, she's got more about yeah. her, more. She is not as technically good as um, who did she? Who did she become? Because I can't remember. Edith Surreal. That's it. She's not as she's not got the same kind of presence as Edith Surreal has, but she has got like that laid back nonchalance about her and just kind of does things and things happen around her, and I like that. 
<laughs> she looks like a person who shouldn't be in a wrestling match, but wrestles exceptionally well. And it kind of takes me back to a lot of the old, it was a story about a guy, and I can't remember his name now from Luce Des's biography. He was one of the early shooters. And he would only wrestle on cards. Um, he would only wrestle on cards because he didn't like being famous because he was a con man, basically. And he would go to these small country towns and work a con. He'd pretend to be stupid. And then they would build up to a big money. He would, he would do various athletic feats and build up to a big money wrestling match. And then, of course, because he was a hooker, he just destroyed the person he was fighting in a street, in a, in a, in a fight, take all the money, leave town. And he, he, apparently Lou and a bunch of other guys saw him and were like, hey, how are you doing? And he was like, shh, go, go, because he was working a con. Because he was out in a small town in the middle of nowhere, he didn't want to be recognized. So he would only wrestle in like the big markets in New York where no one was going to know, because obviously this was pre-newspaper days. And he would, <laughs> he would just be like this big scrawny guy sat in a locker room. And... Um, Vladislaw the Zabisco was supposed to wrestle him one night. And the promoter goes, um, you're wrestling him? And Vlad's like, I will not put my good name and reputation against that skinny urk. Oh, oh. And he, anyway, they get to the match, and he, and he runs rings around Vladislaw. <laughs> because Vladislaw didn't know where he was up against. And he does the job, and one thing happens. And after the match, he goes to the locker room, and Vladislaw goes up to him, I have to apologize, and I have to um, I have to say to you that I, I, I said some rude words before. I'm very, very sorry. But I have to say, you are a great wrestler. And he replied, well, I'm not a great wrestler. But then again, neither are you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, like, and that was a long way around. But that was the story. When I saw her, like, like clicked with me. It's like, just let stuff happen around you. And it'll all work out. And I thought that was cool. That was a long way around to get to that story, but there you go. Sometimes that's what we do here. <laughs> yeah, but there was just a lot of fun elements in a like a really rapid fire three way match. So yeah, sometimes you don't need like overly complex. Just put three different types of wrestlers in a ring and watch them fuck each other up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then we move on. There was a six-man tag team match with the um, what's the phrase here? The um, uh, faction of Mio. Is it Mio? 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 Genti Yubari, Kieta, and Nevada going up against Eagle Mask, Fire Katsumi, and Masahishu Miyari. Um, unfortunately, Mio lost. Um, I like their presence. I like their kind of like level of demand that they view of the audience, but they they were not good enough to beat Eagle Mask by Akatsumi and Misuo Miyahara, who are of a higher level of technical expertise, I feel. And we're showing that off in this particular match. What did you think of it, John? Yeah, it was a very, again, a very fun back and forth, like, match between two very different types of, like, groups. He obviously had Mieri and the Nevada as the sort of rookies, and, like, obviously Eagle Mask and Fai Katsumi and the Mio or lads sort of there to keep things afloat. But then again, Keita hasn't got that many years of experience either. But you start just watching this like mix of experience styles and everything just clash. And yeah, 
the sort of ragtag group got the win because Nevada ate the pin. Yeah, there you go. Um, on the other, I mean, no one in this match has any experience longer than two years, I don't think, which is quite remarkable. Um, yeah, no. Like, oh, God, you're right. Uh, Fire Katsumi's two years is the veteran, and he looks like a 12 year old, let's be honest. I love that. And Genti Abari only has two years as well. It's like, I don't know, some of these guys carry themselves better than people with 10 years' experience. <laughs> but that's why I don't get it. It's like, it's, you could slot some of these guys straight into NXT and no one would bat an eyelid. Kafaya <laughs> <laughs> um, especially, he's been doing great guns on, on Glate ever since Yan's family kidnapped him um, and made him become a member of Yan's family. I don't think he's keen. I think Kent is my standout from, like, these two shows. Mm. I mean, I already liked him just because of his aesthetic. He's sort of <laughs> the side-shaved, multicolored, long emo fringe. <laughs> Street sort of clothes and just no fucks given style. Of, I'm going to kick the hell out of you or I'm going to lock you up, essentially. <laughs> the, good t- the good type of emo fringe, not the TJP type of emo fringe. Oh yeah, like <laughs> full length in emo. Oh, indeed. Let's just move on anyway. Keita defeated Meshi Meshi. So, Mashiyoshi Miyara um, in the JTO tenth ranking place decision match. So essentially, this was a match they had after the six man tag um, for the tenth place on the rankings. Um, Keita is ranked 10th, I think, currently. Yeah, he's ranked 10th. Miyara is in the JT ranking, so he's below Keita, and he was wrestling for that rank, because uh, obviously they, he would go down rank if he was beaten. The, the interesting thing was they had... Um, it's a bit like pure wrestling, so you have three um, rope breaks in the match um, to keep it kind of more in a pure-style wrestling match, as it's a ranking match uh, for you not relying on outside interference from your partners. And Kieta took a handy little win here, but it was a nice thing to see, like, showcasing different styles of wrestling within the company. Yeah, they sort of kept you going back and forth with a sort of almost video game health bar <coughs> interface at the top, where it's just like, right, they've only got one <laughs> rope break left each, they're on their last hit, and then Kieta just taps out Mieri. It's just like, yep, you've had it now. Yeah. Those are... The- for something that didn't even go five minutes, there was a nice lot of variety in there and a lot of tension. They yeah, even kept good. count of like how many seconds people spent in submissions, which was quite fun. Yeah, that was really cool. And it's like, you know, if you're trying to sell it as a serious sport, those are the kind of things you should do. We don't have enough we don't have enough statistics in pro wrestling. One of the things about Chris Samsa of sportprowrestling.com um has done for New Japan's commentary is change the way people have presented stuff like you know um and i think one of the things that i think one of the lasting things kevin kelly and chris charlton have done with wrestling presentation has made it feel more like a sport and there's no knock on jim ross and previous members of that particular commentary position who did try and make it feel more like a sport but they tried to do it through drama which is the exact opposite of making it feel like a sport they were trying to make it feel like modern sports commentary, which is kind of based on how pro wrestling has become, you know. Um, whereas Charlton and Kelly kind of have tried to make it feel like a sport. They've done the insidery things a little bit as well to make it fun. But generally speaking, they talk about like 
how many teams have won the World Tag League in, in you know, and then defended, the, you know, the, all of those statistics that Chris Sampson gives them, how many minutes in the, in the G1 has each wrestler done, all of those things make it feel more like a sport. And all of those things in this presentation made it feel more like something that mattered. And therefore, that can only be a positive. Anything else to say about this match? It just kind of ticked all the boxes I'd want from a sort of, oh, screw it, we're going to fight out right now for this 10th place ranking in a professional match. It just had everything I kind of want from it, and it didn't go too long because arguably it shouldn't, considering both wrestlers have already had a full match. <laughs> yes. Not going to point a 14-minute close-the-doors classic, are they? You would hope not, anyway. But yeah. That would be hilarious. <laughs> The thing that reminded me, have you ever seen, do you ever watch Crash Course History? I think I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. John, John Green, the author, did, did Crash Course, and he did a series on Crash Course American History, and they did it from the perspective of, like, social change and things like that, rather than, like, wars, because, you know, mm. they have, they're boring, really. For, and it was like, they did, they were like, we're going to cover every battle in the Civil War, and they did it, like, after a while, it got boring. So they just did it as, um, uh, with, like, game bars. So you like in Street Fighter 2. <laughs> so the Confederate, <laughs> Confederates in the Union were losing power as they went through. And then finish him at the end. It was quite funny. That's what it reminded me of. Anyway. But yeah. Uh, JTO Girls title match. Mr. Kagura versus Asuba Inaba, the champion successfully defended. I can't get enough of the Inaba sisters. I, I, I'm crazy good nuts for them. They're wonderful, wonderful professional wrestlers. So I was disappointed. Terrifying. Oh, why? Like they, they are like hard as nails, like non-stop, like violence. Yeah. <laughs> they just beat the hell out of everyone. <laughs> They're kind of lighting up the great UWF division at the minute. And lighting up the people they're wrestling. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to remember who they were tagging against. And she said, "The 16." Yeah, that's the, the scariest 16. Thing yeah, they they wrestled <laughs> against um, Mayu Fukuda and Hikaru Shida, uh, wait, version seven in a UWF Rolls match, and Shida didn't know what the rules were. That was the hilarious thing. And then they laid into her and Fukuda. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. <laughs> but yes, they are most excellent, and I can't see what I can't wait to see what they come up with in their career. Uh, oh, Tomoko is twenty-one, but yeah, Azusa is sixteen years old, and has the presence of like just someone twice her age. It's just terrifying. She could be, um, well, they're both going to be incredible. But yes, but yeah. So, what's your thoughts on this match? Yeah, it was. Again, it was quite interesting to sort of watch the dynamic here as Anaba just bullied the champion for what felt like most of the match. There was just, yeah, it was a lot of very stiff, very technical wrestling on the go. Again, it doesn't last too long, but for what you get, it's really enjoyable. And yeah, you've got really strong challenges to take on really resilient champions. Yeah, so it, it, it works. You know, it wasn't that long. Um, didn't outstay its welcome. Could have been longer. But nothing on these cards is very long. 
as is the main event. Team 200 kilos, Chihiro Hashimoto and you defeated Renyo Takakura and Tomoki Inabe, 11 minutes and 28 seconds. Really, there was only going to be one winner because they are the most dominant tag team in Japanese wrestling right now, as far as the women are concerned, and have been for, what, the last five or six years. The only team that's come close to them, um, Emilia McKenzie and Charlie Evans, who are currently not wrestling in Japan. So, yeah, it's um, there's something special, but this was a bit of a special match. Um, and, you know, it, it was good seeing Inaba start. She started off both the matches, even though she was starting off against Reni Abe in the first match, and she started off against you in this match. She's not frightened. <laughs> <laughs> and they went at it, and um, this was fun. Just so much fun to watch. Uh, Takakura took a beating as well in this match. It has Hashimoto, and you just kind of figured out a way to win and slowly, inexorably defeated their opponents in spectacular fashion. And but even like you doing like chucking Takigogo around is like just impressive. Just physical feats of impressive stature. That's what they're good at and that's what they do well. And I love Team 200k. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I had a blast with this. As you said, it's just great fun to watch like two teams try to dissect each other, plan around things and usually watch an arbor just sort of like, I'm gonna kill you all before getting thrown around again. <laughs> There's <laughs> just, yeah, there was so much to enjoy. And obviously everyone wasn't afraid to lay it in. So he got really stiff a lot of, for a lot of the match. Again, acoustics just perfect in that venue for really sort of showcasing how hard everyone is being hit. <laughs> Absolutely, definitely. So let us move on to the 14th of December. Fukuoka Japan, Fukuoka Suspensia Hakata Arena, 190 in attendance. They perhaps could have chosen a wider camera angle to start with to show off the 119 attendance because it did not look like 119 attendance. It looked more like nine in attendance. One of them was Takamichi Noku, who had annoyed a habit of thinking he was out of shot when he clearly was not. <laughs> so Kieta went up against Bomber Tatsuya in the opener and and I, I couldn't help but keep looking at Taka, who's watching the match, as a good trainer should, to see how his uh, protégés are getting on. But it's just like, you could have picked somewhere else to stand, because there's a living legend stood in the back row. It got even worse as he went through the show, because he sat at the back row with his phone camera, clearly live-tweeting things out as he went, which is a bit distracting. <laughs> you know, this is like... I wonder what Taka thinks of this one right now. Yeah. Let's I'm... check Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And like, you know, FDR, like complaining that somebody in the front row was on their phone during their match at final backfall. <laughs> All right, then. Just like a co-wrestle for JTO and Tacker will just sit at the back and live tweet out shots he takes of you. <laughs> so if Tacker can do it, anyone can do it. I think that we're, I think we're allowed now. Anyway, Keita versus Bomber Tetsuya. What a wonderful name, Bomber Tetsuya. I like that a lot. How long has he been wrestling for? About two it's minutes. It's got a very, it's got a very 90s year. feel to it, doesn't it? Bomber Tatsuya. It's, yeah, it's, like it's a very... 90s wrestler. Very old Japan women. <laughs> <laughs> like Kondo Saito kind of thing. Shark Suya. Yeah, Shark Suya. Or um, what was the other? Oh, Bison, Bison Kamara. Yeah. Bomber Tatsuya. Bomber Tatsuya. 
Yeah. He sounds like a game boss. <laughs> just, just like you have beaten my minions. Now you must fight Bomber Tatsuya. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Sounds good. I like it. It's, it's tapping into multi layers of um of uh, of, of, of cultural reference. It's good. Five minutes two more seconds too. Yeah. They, it was, it, like very these entertaining. Just, again. Yeah, they kind of just got each other. So from the get-go, it was just like, I'm going to outdo you. No, I'm going to outdo you. And then, yeah, a lot of submission halts. Yeah, it, it was perfectly fine. It was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, next and again, up was... I just love seeing Care to get wins because, like, again, like, if you look that cool, I want you to be getting wins. <laughs> <laughs> Takemichi No and Yasuko Yuke defeated Eagle Mask and Kensuke in 10 minutes and 46 seconds. This was again veteran in the ring, kind of like control stuff. I liked it. It was it was a well put together affair. Um, though I think probably the veteran was the right person to win this particular phase. The particular phase. Um, I know nothing about Yasuko Yuke because they have no um, cage match. Uh, He's like a wrestling cryptid. He just apparently exists. Yeah. It's just like, okay, we've seen him, but we've got no proof of who he is. No, that's it. Just there. He's like, he's clearly a veteran wrestler who's done loads of stuff. Um, because he he's a poise. He's got got character. He's he's got everything you need. He's a very orny old bastard. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Honorary. Every time he was brought in, he was just clubbing people down. It's like, oh, you're doing all this fast-paced shit. Let me stop you right there, sonny boy. (laughs) (laughs) Too old for this shit. And there you go. Bang, bang, bang. It was all over. But lots of fun. I enjoyed working. I enjoyed watching him wrestle. It was good. Um, Ten minutes and 46 seconds. Sorry? There was just a lot of nice pacing and stuff in this. Yeah. There was just, yeah, you sort of just sat back and watched it. You weren't getting bombarded with shit. You weren't having to concentrate as they wrote a story death set. It was just sort of like you've got a veteran team versus a less veteran team, and they're both just having fun and wrecking each other. And Kensuke didn't spend most of this match getting knocked out, yeah. unlike his last one. Which which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next up, we had a Joshi match. Asusi Inaba, Tamiyaki Inaba, and Yu Yamagata defeated AOI, Misakagura, and Rhythm in 14 minutes and 17 seconds. This was a bit longer, had a bit more back and forth, so there was a bit more story going on with this particular match, and the babyfaces take out the win. Um, but there was a lot of scheming on the heel side, which I like to see. I like to good, see a bit of good scheming. It, was not, it came to no avail, though. But this was arguably six of the best wrestlers in the company doing their thing, and you're not going to stop me. I feel like 40 minutes of pure entertainment. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, again, the standouts were the Inaba sisters, AY, and Rhythm. Um, not to say that Kigura and Yumagata were along for the ride. They had great moments too, but I feel they were kind of more the glue that held, that held the platform for the others to shine. I wonder if John agrees with me. Yeah, I had I had a blast with this one, and again, yeah, as I said, the Anabas sisters, AOI, and Rhythm seem to be doing like the core of the match, whilst like Kagura and Yamagata were there, like, right, come on, rein it in, let's get some people knocked down, let's have some. I enjoy a good bit of scheming, and yeah, again, considering it was fourteen minutes, it really didn't drag like some matches that get to that length can do. It was just a lot of back and forth, a lot of sort of entertaining shenanigans, and 
a good old dose of car crash Joshy for like extra flavor. It was just rather fun to watch. Hmm. Um, something I feel a bit like more. We fall in... Sorry, we Sorry. fall into this trap all the time, don't we? Because we watch shows that are just really fun. And every time we want to, we've got to try and find new synonyms for saying it's just really fun. One day it we're going to open a, th- a thesaurus next to me and be like, well, yes, it was rather entertaining. I had a lot of giggles from this one. Or, you know, <laughs> just going to start, like, thesaurus. Mark, me and Marcus, <laughs> yeah, me and Marcus got to the point just you just got to watch it, which is true. In this particular case, it's like our words cannot do it justice because it was just a regular six-woman tag team match. But well, there was so much more going on in it, and you kind of got to see it to make it fit your brain. Well, it's even easier when it's shows like this and Glit, because they're all free on YouTube. You could literally boot them yeah. up now Aye. and we, watch them with we, like alongside the podcast. It's like, right, I've watched that match. Back to what they had to say about it, where they'll find that we just basically said it was fun, and you're like, you know what? You were goddamn right, fellas. Exactly, that's it. And we, we usually, we usually tag. I will, I will tag the YouTube videos in these because it's it's free, and we like free wrestling. Free wrestling's great, so we'll give you free wrestling. I would, you know, I, the thing I think we miss in wrestling, well, not so much in big company wrestling, but certainly in indie wrestling, is we miss the shared experience. And one of the things I like about this show is the fact that we can kind of give people more of a shared experience and put you onto things that you can chat and discuss and talk about together as a group of people that you may not have missed or you may want to do something. But I, I want everyone to have a group experience of watching professional wrestling. You know, you think about like big TV and events back in the 1970s, they were, they were massively popular because they were the only thing on and you only had three channels. You know, there will never be another Morecambe and Wise because... No, there are, no one's going to get 14 million people watching one TV show. It just won't happen. Um, but that's the kind of thing, that shared experience of everyone watching something together to discuss it, you don't really get with indie wrestling. So that's what I kind of like about doing this show. We can bring you to people that, that you've not seen and, and share and discuss. And let's just discuss the Princess of Pro Wrestling Championship match that happened next. Sumiki so Yinagawa, the current champion um, of your JWP, that'll be Sorry, Japanese women. Hang on, they've changed in it. Pure J Pure. I'll get it right in the end. She wrestles for JTO at the moment as well, but the POP Championship is a J Pure Championship. Been around for quite some time. Um, originally from JD Stars promotion, uh, which was that was the promotion before. No, JD Star was the one that happened concurrently with Arceon. <laughs> It happened. It started around about the early nineties because Bison Kimura, funnily enough, was their first major star. Um, but they were never as big as Gaia and JD, JWP. Um, yeah, so they went from ninety-five to two thousand and seven, and that was kind of the first kind of idol crossover promotion where a lot of the women were idols, um, but not um, not everyone was. But you know, a lot of them were idol wrestlers, so they wouldn't get an awful lot of traction doing cross promotion with the other companies because we're not having our ladies lose to model was the biggest issue they had. Sold a lot of t-shirts, though, and they kept going for a long time. 95 to 2007 is a long period of time. Anywho... A lot of cool but, people have held this belt as well. Mm, they have, yeah. Um, just looking at the title history. Haruka uh, Umasake, Akari, Suzu Suzuki, yep. Saoriano, Hanakamura... Reese Nakajima. Yeah, yeah, there's just so many. Yeah. 
Gigetsu. Held it for a while as well. Uh, Fuka, yeah. Oh, Fuka, yes, Fuka went on to start stardom. So there you go. Anyway, bit of wrestling history aside, the current champion is Mika Yanagawa, and she successfully defeated it against Hisoka in 9 minutes and 58 seconds. And this was a bit more of a traditional wrestling match, as most championship matches are in Japan. This was taken a bit more seriously, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, no real standouts in this, just a really good match. And again, Hisoka, so young and yet so talented. Um, I loved that she pulled the please don't hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the sort of all the shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, again, it's like, why, like wily veteran tactics without actually having to be a wily veteran. No. It's just, it was such a good laugh. Obviously, yeah. she sort of packed it in when they stopped working, but... It was just good fun to sort of watch you start crying, just like, oh no, you're not going to fall for this, are you? And of course, it worked, or nearly worked. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, no, just so much fun. And Yanagawa is such a good foil and a great champion as well. She's a championship level performance, and she did put Hasekawa away in 9 minutes and 58 seconds, and uh, it was just loads of fun. Um, Next, we have Miu. Oh, Mio. We started on Mio, didn't we? Jensen Yubari and Reiki Takakuri defeated Fire Katsumi and Reni Abe. So you had champion versus champion in this match. 16 minutes and 41 seconds. This was a bit more serious, pure wrestle action. Um, how can we describe it? Kind of like just more stiff wrestling, really. And, of course, you've got the big names in there with the two champions and arguably the rising star of the company, Katsumi. This was exceptional wrestling of her highest order and just what you want in a main event. Even on a house show, you want something good. And this was kind of like putting your top guys against your top guys. Thoroughly enjoyed this. What did you think of this one, John? Yeah, it was. It definitely felt like a main event sort of fight. You had, like, again, the champions sort of beating the hell out of each other. And the sort of... The partners beat the hell out of each other. A lot of Fire Katsumi getting his ass kicked. There was just a... Again, it was another match with great rhythm, a lot of stiff wrestling, a lot of fun back and forth. And again, doesn't outstate welcome despite going over 15 minutes, which is kind of a rarity for these shows. It certainly feels like when you look at the average runtime for matches. Just, yeah. Again, a lot of enjoyment to be had. And a... Okay. None of these wrestlers have been wrestling for that long, yet they carry themselves like people that have been doing it for like over a decade. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, and that's one kind of suppose like points Takara out as being a great trainer. Everything's kind of just really crisp and well done. It's well presented. Everyone has nice gear. You know, it, if you've been to a rookie, a wrestling school show before, and there are numerous around the country, and some of them get really big crowds, uh, Fight Factory out of Lincoln is our local wrestling school and they run a wrestling school show it's better than some of the biggest indie companies I've been to it's like their shows are better than progress shows are you know they don't have W are another one that have a habit of putting on some really great like shows yeah I mean they've got a core local audience that they've built up but it's like I've seen bigger audiences (laughs) some progress shows as well so you know it if you hit the wrestling school stuff right, then it's great. And obviously, these guys are employed. Okay, they're doing this professionally. They have to be able to like make enough money to make everything work. So, 
JTO, JTO has been doing a wonderful thing as far as like bringing new wrestlers uh, to give you different angles, to be honest with you. There are more paths to being a professional wrestler in Japan now than there ever has been. Um, obviously, you have the four or five big companies who can run, afford to run full-time rosters. But for companies like Late, who can't, they can't afford to run a dojo, not, not on what they're doing, you know, so they have to have somewhere to provide them with younger wrestlers to feed the roster. And that's what that's where JTO comes in. They're not after necessarily filling stadiums. They're after producing young talents that will go into companies like Noah and companies like um, All Japan Pro Wrestling and Glate and become big stars for them. They're kind of like a farm league in many senses, but they're doing it in an interesting way. Where do you think JTO stand in the industry at the moment? Where do you think they can go? Or are they just going to keep it small, keep it compact and bijou, and do their thing? I reckon they'll pull the sort of gate or move slash tracker priority and just keep it small, keep doing what they're doing, but, you know, produce some of the, like, most popular wrestlers out there. It's like, you don't need to be massive to be successful, and, like, the JTO formula seems to be working at the moment. I reckon they'll keep doing what they're doing and will probably, by default, either stay the same or get bigger for it. They're not going to take a loss on it because they've got a very dedicated roster and a lot of sort of collaborative efforts with other companies, especially all the sort of great crossovers at the moment, like sky's the limit. For sure. Um, and you're getting more and more JTO representation on the great shows. They, they, like I said, they, they were in the JTO versus um, AEW match, which is hilarious in one sense. It's like AEW is massive, JTO is tiny, but you know, that when when they were when they were wrestling on the last play show, so I look forward to seeing more of their stuff and look seeing some more of the cards. Now we only picked two. There is actually four or five shows from the December period that are on YouTube. You can watch them for free, and there's loads of matches. There's a big match from a big show from Curricken Hall. They've got one of their big shows that they've done in their histories up there as well. I'm not sure if they do streaming. Do they? They don't do pay per view streaming. They just do YouTube when it feels like it. When they feel like it, right? Yeah, I believe it's usually just whenever they feel like uploading things to YouTube. Okay, then. So maybe we will look at them again in a couple of months and see if they put any more up. <laughs> I don't think we'll get into them the same way we have done with Glate because um, Marcus is well into Glate. He loves Glate. Uh, massive. It's like they Marcus. uploaded a new show yesterday from the 17th. There you go. I know no, those ones we've looked at and came from the last couple of days, haven't we? It seems like they regularly sort of upload things, even if it's just matches. So there you go. Hmm. Well, we hope you enjoy it. It's a bit different. We hope you enjoy looking at it. We'll, we'll tag in the YouTube channels underneath and we'll tag JTO in, in all of the stuff we look at, um, as we do with all the companies that we, we follow through. And we hope you enjoy it. Um, John. Thank you very much. What are you up to these days other than the Troopany Show? Where can we find you and what we do, what are you promoting right now? You can find me on Twitter at John Deathman. That's the gateway to hell that leads you to like my writings, ramblings, opinions. You can find me on Instagram at John underscore Deathman, which is exactly the same, but with more pictures. And for writing at the moment, you can find me at the Deathmatch Digest, which is a Patreon page. Free to read stuff, just sort of a chronicle of work that I have full control over a lot of death matches, a lot of fun stuff. 
yeah, hopefully got to be kicking that back up into the new year in style. Um, you can also find both of us at uh, 3W Wrestling, um, where myself and Mr. Dinsale are editors of that particular media outlet, um, where we do an awful lot of coverage of AEW and Impact Wrestling and WWE, to be honest with you. Um, and all sorts of things. I interviewed Michelle Kane, uh, which is a Troopany Show special, but we did it for 3W Wrestling first. My favorite, one of my favorite things that I've done, actually, is because she was a massive Shawn Michaels fan when she was a kid, and her interview is next to Shawn Michaels' interview on the 3W Wrestling YouTube channel. That's like, oh, that's really cool. Um, but yes, um, I'm Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter and Sheriff Lone Star on Mastodon and Sheriff Lone Star TX on Instagram. You can find the show, Troopany Show, on Twitter and on instagram you can find it on facebook and patreon as the troopany show we have a discord channel as well we're also on uh, threads though i keep forgetting that we're on threads and i'm not not taking a close look at it lots of my mates are on threads we maybe... i don't think i've even made a threads account yet no because it, it doesn't go out to everybody it only goes to the english speaking world so like christy can't look at that stuff because <laughs> she was like Threads, what's threads? They don't even know it exists in in the Netherlands because it's not it because it's not English speaking first. So there you go. They're only released it to the English speaking world. Yeah, we're gonna take down Twitter in the English market. It's like because <laughs> they could have to they'd have to hire more moderators, wouldn't they? And it costs more money. So. Mm. Anywho. Um, so yeah, we will be back next week. I believe we'll have another Glate show by then because they're doing version eight with that big G Rex Rumble. Um, I've been discussing it with Marcus. We might, Marcus likes doing two shows in a row, but uh, we'll have to see because the next one be a house show and it'd be like G Rex Rumble winner takes on tomorrow for the championship and then strong out versus Volkoster in a mix tag. Um, so yeah, I, I, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but I'm sure we'll come up with something fun and interesting for you to listen to on the Troopany Show channel. Thank you very much for listening to us now on YouTube as well. Take care, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye! <laughs>